Uh, this Georgia horrible weather is doing a number on my voice right now, so I'm gonna sound like a different Eshan this week. Very we got Barry White. Barry White. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. What I think about the Rumble is this. Go ahead, man. <laughs> oh man! All right, guys. Once again, thank you guys for joining us. Got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we are not going to start with the sad news on uh, Jay Briscoe. But we are going to dedicate this episode to him. We will, of course, talk about that later on in the episode, but didn't really want to start with death. Wanted to start with, of course, some fun things. So let's have some fun and talk some freaking wrestling. And one thing that's going to be fun, or it should be fun, is Monday night. Football on Mondays are over, which I'm sure the WWE is ecstatic about. The playoff game did a number on their rating last Monday. But just in regards to now, they can go full steam ahead to WrestleMania season. We do have Raw 30, which is the 30th anniversary of Monday Night Raw. Let me ask you guys. They have announced these legends' names so far. And just kind of tell me if you guys think this is enough as a 30th anniversary Raw show. Bella Twins, Road Dog, X-Pac, Ron Simmons, Teddy Long, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Ric Flair, Kurt Angle, and Jerry the King Lauder. Lawler. Is that enough old school names for you guys? Uh, seeing this is the 30th anniversary show. As long as Teddy Long is there, absolutely. You're a big Tay Long fan, aren't you? <laughs> and Tay Long is a big fan of yours too. <laughs> you, you want to tell that story? Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey, I'm gonna keep it a thousand. Is that good enough for you? I'm keep it a thousand with you guys. I'm never a big guy proponent on these bring the old timers back shows. It, really? it just doesn't do it for me. No, I've never been into them. Um, it's, it's some of it is like you know seeing my heroes from my childhood be so old. You know, mm. uh, like Shawn Michaels is the greatest wrestler of all times, and now I see him with the ball spot sometimes. It kind of hurts my heart a little bit, but we all getting there, right? So for me, it doesn't do a whole lot unless they're involved in some type of match. Like those things are always cool, but when it's coming out and it's kind of like a, a parade, mm -hmm. they don't do it for me. I wonder if it's because they've used it so much as a handicap. You know, like whenever ratings were down in WWE for the longest, it was all right, bring back some legends. And they wouldn't do anything on those shows. It was kind of like name value. And they did do something. It was never to help the younger talent. It was always to kind of put the legends over. Uh, so I wonder if that has anything to do with it. I mean, when I saw the list, I'm like, okay, that's a cool list, but I know we know that that's not the big storyline, right? We know what the big storyline is. We'll, we'll get to in a second, but to your point, Radija, about Teddy long, when I saw the graphic that had Teddy long and the undertaker on it, there we go. They, they got to give us a moment where Teddy long tries to put somebody 
in a tag match with The Undertaker or exactly. going one-on-one with The Undertaker. So mm-hmm. I think that should be some some fun stuff. And this is, once again, Triple H's first show. Well, we thought last week he was head of creative. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> if news comes out. Why we record this pod if Vince McMahon is officially back in head of creative. But with Triple H being uh, head of creative, this is the first time we've had where he's had uh, disposal to a lot of these legends. So it should be a fun show on that. But really what I want to talk about is the big storyline for next week that they brought up on Monday Uh-oh. is the bloodline acknowledgement ceremony. The Usos announced on Monday night that they will hold an acknowledgement ceremony next week uh, for Reigns and are bringing every generation of the bloodline to Raw to pay tribute. Of course, you guys know the first thing I thought when I saw it. Which is? Which is? Hey, is this the perfect time for The Rock to show up? Or is it the perfect time for The Rock to not show up? Mm. So what do you guys think? Are we seeing Dwayne Johnson either live or via satellite on Monday uh, Monday Raw for the Roman Reigns acknowledgement ceremony? I have like that real like straight nervousness. Like the night before you go to school or the first day, like... Is it going to be a great day? Am I going to make a lot of friends this school year? Or am I going to be just a nerd and get, you know, wedgies and wet willies? I don't know. So I'm at a point right now where I feel like I think this is the time. And if he doesn't show, then something has to be put into the storyline of why he didn't show up. So it's like I'm kind of really, really nervous because I'm like, yes, I'm about to get super, super excited because one time Rock is coming back or no, he ain't. And so I got to just get my emotions in check. So I'm gonna go around the world with this thing. Um, so they just show uh, showed on the website that they're starting to advertise the Rock merchandise, right? So mm-hmm. we got new Rock gear. So they gotta be laying the foundation for him to be appearing quite soon. Now is he gonna pop up on the Raw um, 30 show, a 35th anniversary? I don't think so. I think like if you bring in the Rock on the Raw, that's a whole thing onto itself. Okay. So, like, they got to advertise that. But I think you you are correct. They could be laying the foundation. I think maybe The Rock not being there to acknowledge Roman, Roman Reigns yeah. and will start that storyline, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think that, that can go hand-to-hand because I thought about, like, the acknowledgement, like, thing. Because I'm like, who are they going to bring out there? His daddy and and and, uh, and uh, uh, Rikishi? I'm yeah, like, I mean, okay, so, of course, we, cool. yeah, we, know, we, we right? know we'll get Rikishi. We know we'll get mm-hmm. Afa and Sika. Yeah. Um, maybe some, some, maybe yeah, some little boys, some, little girls. Yep, of course, because it said yeah. every. Right? right? So now so then, for me, it, it's a situation where is it a like, thing where's the rock? of... Right. Where's Dwayne? Where, where, he's supposed to be here too. Or is he not? Because he doesn't acknowledge him. Because it is, it is called, <laughs> if we look at the actual words, it is the bloodline acknowledgement ceremony. So either the rock shows up to go face to face with him and say that, Hey, you're not the head of the table or does he not show up because he does not acknowledge Roman. And what if now I'm actually kind of talking this out loud. I haven't even thought about really kind of where I think this is going. What if Roman takes it as a slight and now Roman goes after the rock because oh, you didn't come acknowledge me. Yeah. That's exactly how, I mean, it, it actually makes sense that you brought it up because um, that's exactly how you start this thing off. Like, right. Rock's not acknowledging the head of the table. So who's the head of the table? Rock, 
or is it Roman? Right? So I think that's, that's how you start it. So to answer your question, yeah, I don't, I don't think you see him on the 30th show by design. And it's going to kickstart our WrestleMania moment match. So, yeah. I think that's an awesome idea. So we have the Rumble then on that Saturday. So that's the go-home Raw show on Monday. Then with that thought, so say, hey, let's run with that. So let's have some fun with that. So Roman is looking for The Rock. The whole point of this acknowledgement <laughs> ceremony is just for The Rock to acknowledge him as the head of the table, tribal chief. Rock doesn't show. Do you have The Rock in the Rumble? Or do you have Roman make a comment about, and maybe it's not even on Monday. Maybe it's on Friday SmackDown. Maybe it's at the Rumble after he beats KO. And he makes a comment about everybody's acknowledging me but one person. And we all know who that one person is. And then he goes and tries to find The Rock. So, But does that happen? Or do you have The Rock show up to the Rumble, win the Rumble, so he can get a match with Roman at WrestleMania? Sheesh. Man, that could go so many different ways there. I don't know if I really want The Rock in the Rumble. I would want to see the first time him like in the ring in the actual match. Maybe outside like a tag teams match mm-hmm. a few weeks before WrestleMania. I would want my first time really with seeing him as a solo contender against Roman after all this time. It definitely poses a great question because I don't think we need The Rock in the Rumble in order to get to that match, right? I think them on the card is, is why you have as a main event. But it's definitely an easy way to get there, right? Like, as a, you can def I don't think he's surprised. He becomes a surprise interest on the Raw show, but definitely at a, a Royal Rumble because they're already um, positioned in this Royal Rumble to be one of their biggest pay per views in recent memory, right? Yeah, um, I think they've already sold. I think they're over 40,000 seats. Is their highest gross? Is that what he said? Um, it has to be. Like, there's no way that they're, they've sold 40,000 seats for the Rumble and it's not their highest grossing show or yeah. you know, the highest grossing Rumble show. So I'm sure it is. Of course, they already announced last week Mania is already the most highest grossing Mania. And we're, what, two and a half months out? So they can still open up some seats, I'm sure, when they want to. And we know they're going to open them up when we finally find out who's going to take on Roman. But it's going to be interesting because I do think I get people's worry about Roman coming back to the Rumble and then winning the Rumble. It's like, okay, hey, is that really realistic? I'm sorry. Yeah, is that realistic? It's been, I think, 10 years now since he's last wrestled a match. Mm. Um, But I could also see, and no, I would not want Roman's title reign to end after... 900 plus days which it will be at that time by him giving his titles away because he is now so obsessed with chasing the rock where he's like i don't care about these belts you can have these belts i there's only one match i care about there's only one person i care about and that's the rock so here i don't care who wins the rumble you can have these it's not about that it's about him acknowledging me as a tribal chief i just think that like i said i don't want them to i don't want them to strip him of the the belt by doing that, but if they went some way around that, this entire storyline now makes sense. Every week, the acknowledging, acknowledge me part, right? It's just all of it. I think, I think we're in for some really, really cool things, and I think that there is no other reason why you have a acknowledgement ceremony 
unless it is something in regards to the rock. The timing just kind of throws me off a little bit because it's mm-hmm. the go-home Raw show before the Rumble. So you don't want to put too much on to me, Rock and Roman, and we still have KO and Roman at the Rumble, even though we all know KO doesn't have a shot to win the title. No chance. No chance in hell. Um, but no, though, like, I, like as far as Rock winning the Rumble, I mean, it's, a, it's not a full-fledged match. It's actually, if he comes in at 30, it's easy for anybody with his build, his stature, his strength to close last on over the top or to throw someone. It's not like a whole match he has to dedicate himself into. So that's it's 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 not out of imagination that he can win something like that. I don't think it's needed. I feel like they can get to that match without a win. Um, however, traditionally, the winner of the Rumble does go on to face WrestleMania. Is that right? I always see that being Cody, but we need. I I definitely wanted to get to Roman and Rock. I don't like this the scenario of him throwing away championships, especially with that undefeated streak and that um, record that he he has right now. For him just to throw it away, um, even for someone like The Rock, is kind of like not a good look to me. Um, I don't think that Rock needs to go over on Roman. I think Roman, quite the contrary, I think Roman needs to go over on, on Rock. He would have to. Um, yeah. So... I think that hopefully they can be creative and they can come up with something. I'm not sure what that is, but I don't think that the titles need to be on the line. Or if they are, um, I, I hope that we get a, a different winner other than The Rock at, at Royal Rumble. Cody, please. So then, perfect segue. Cody had a video package, which those video packages have been incredible. Monday's was no less fantastic as the other two prior to that. He has officially entered... The Rumble. So, Ishan, you kind of gave your answer already. My my question was going to be, uh, is he right now, knowing who we know who's in the Rumble and how everything is laid out, is he your favorite? Uh, sounds like you are going with Cody, Ishan, as your 1,000%. favorite and who you want. Yep. Rhodesia, what about you? Knowing kind of what we know, so we can't say Rock, you know, or any major surprise that may be there because we don't know about them yet. With Cody saying he's entering the Rumble, you see in those video packages – we know the type of push he was getting before he got injured last June. Would you put him at the favorite to win the Rumble? It's funny that you asked that because when you first start talking about the upcoming Rumble, I'm like to myself, who have they been planting the seed to be the winner of the male Rumble? And just the timing of with everything with Cody and us getting these video packages, you know, a few weeks now. It has to be. That's the only person in my mind. If you say Rhodesia right now, who's winning the Rumble for the men? I'm going to have to say Cody. Do I want him to win? Sure, yeah, because he left. I always hate to see people, you know, who's going on that that high trajectory and then an injury happened and then it has to, you know, knock them back down. I, I always hate seeing that. So for me, yeah, get Cody, let him win, let him be go after the champion, whoever that will be at WrestleMania, uh, but let him win. He'd be my favorite to win. Hmm. Hey, we could get a sneaky uh, Sammy win in there. That would be something too, right? And yeah. then imagine oh, that reaction and pop if he's not even scheduled to be in the Rumble and he wins the Rumble. I would actually probably enjoy that more than Cody. And my issue with, with the Cody is I think it's it, it could be a too much too soon scenario with him just coming back. He You know, remember, he, just, he had just debuted – uh, at Mania, which is in April. He had three matches with Seth. 
that took him through June. He was hurt. He's been gone since. So, you know, a lot of people, to me, it will feel like they're kind of shoehorning him into that spot if he was to win the Rumble because the story is he has to win the title. Now, I guess the story could be he doesn't win the title, and that may be fantastic, and now he's got to work his way back up to winning it. But I just don't know if you put him in that spot in Mania and you have him lose. But to me, so it would they- be a little too much of, you know, once again, by the time Mania runs around, if Roman is not stripped of the title or if he doesn't lose at Elimination Chamber, it would be close to uh, probably almost a 1,000 days. And then it's like, okay, well, he lost his 1,000-day reign to somebody who was gone almost half the year last year. I don't, I just, I don't know if that is doing Cody justice because we know how internet fans are. We know how wrestling fans are. If they think you are being forced down your, our throats, they are going to turn on it. And my worry would just be you would get him booed at Mania if that's the case. I was about to ask you when you said it was too soon, if you were meaning like physically too soon or storyline too soon. No, storyline. I got my answer. I got my answer there. Hey, but he's over, baby. They putting the jetpack on him. And at the same time, if he's a, a face, right, some, you have to believe your baby face, right? When they say they, they're going to do something, mm-hmm. they got to back it up, right? This is a lot of fanfare for a dude to not win. Like, if he doesn't win, then what? Right? Like, it's we get, we get all this push. We get all this pizzazz. We get this big, huge return. It's for him to get dumped out in the ring. I mean, in the middle of the rumble. Like, hey, that's how that I felt about Ricochet, though. That's how I felt about Ricochet <laughs> on that, that tournament. We've been on this road already, but I'm the hey. mark, so. <laughs> hey, I love me some Rico, man, but Cody and Rico on two different levels. But point is, like, hey, this is this is perfect for him to lose. So we can, he can be the underdog, and we can, you know, ride behind him. Now you see how I feel deep down inside. Yeah, I mean, hey, we will see. Uh, we will see. So excited for Monday, and I haven't been excited for a Raw show, honestly, in a little bit, but Monday should be fantastic. Do also want to shout out Roman. You know, we kind of brought it up a couple of times. As of today, he is at number 872 days as WWE champion. Uh, this week, he surpassed uh, Gunther who was uh, at 870 days as the NXT UK champion. So he is now the longest reigning WWE champion in three plus decades. That is insane. It is so impressive how long he has held that belt. Yeah, and I made a comment on Twitter about how there's still like a lot of gas in the tank on this run, you know, where there's a couple people that probably don't want him to still have the belt, but the majority are enjoying the run. They love it. And uh, a lot of people, you know, liked it and commented that, yep, there were a couple people who were like, no, I've been over it. You know, no, it's time for him to, to let the, the titles go. And the majority, I asked all of them like, okay, well, if it's up to you, who takes it? The majority was Cody. The majority was Cody. I think one person told me, of course, you know, either Sammy or Jay would make most sense. Um, but that was it. Everybody else was kind of like Cody, 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 Cody. So once again, we know that's the hardcore of the hardest core fans that's on Twitter, you know, in the internet wrestling community. But that could be a good sample size for, hey, 
not really were, you know, ready for this title reign to end yet. But if it is, it'd be cool if Cody got it. Nobody said The Rock, interesting enough. A lot of people said they want to see that match, but kind of just what you guys <laughs> talked about earlier, nobody said they want it for the title. No. Yeah, it doesn't need to be for the title at all. And, I, and that's the good thing about, I think, Cody, when you uh, mentioned earlier, is it maybe too much too soon? I think the hardcore community is definitely on the, the Cody bandwagon. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest surprise that the WWE Universe welcomed Cody as like a guy. He got over quick with that audience. Super quick. Mm-hmm. Super, Super quick. quick with that audience. So, I was so surprised. You know, that's, that's, that's yeah, that's, that's from like, you know, all this fanfare they're giving him, these hype videos, announcing he's coming back for the Rumble. I mean, it can't all be for nothing. Um, but where that, it's, it's just going to be very interesting where that shapes up for that main event and for those titles. Maybe this leads into them somehow separating those titles because uh, that's where they're kind of hitting online, right? That's the scuttle booty. Well, they're doing it for the tag titles. Monday is Judgment Day versus the Usos for the Raw tag team titles. And they're having a match, I think, on SmackDown, right, to determine the number one contenders for the SmackDown tag team titles. So those are 100% being split up. So that's why I say it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with the um, Universal title. Does Paul Lee pull some strings to where only one belt is on the line for who wins the Rumble and not two? You know, so it's going to be kind of fun to see. Uh, speaking of Paul Lee and the Bloodline, it looks like maybe what we talked about last week could be coming to fruition. And that was, mm-hmm. hey, Sami Zayn turning on the bloodline and being the face out of all this and not the bloodline turning on him. We saw on SmackDown this past Friday, him and KO had an awesome match. And he had KO right where he wanted him. He's about to hit him with the Huluva kick. And then the Usos come in and interfere for no reason. Sammy did not need them at all. And you could tell the look on Sammy's face was like, Hmm. Why did they interfere in this match when I didn't need him? He was like, "Man, what y'all doing? What y'all doing?" (laughs) I got this. I told the. I told him I'm. I'm gonna get this. So. So yeah. So uh, the seeds are being planted. Ishan, you you brought up a great point of what if he enters the rumble, uh, and he wins it? That would be crazy. But it looks like we are heading to. Sammy being the face out of this and because he is leaving the bloodline and not because the bloodline turned on him and made him a face. So I I think that's going to be a really, really good deal. Speaking of SmackDown, Ishan, you should be ecstatic. We saw a Bray Wyatt promo that should have really got you going. You talked about how, hey, this character that he's got right now just hasn't really caught you. The promos haven't really caught you. He brought it full circle on Friday. He brought up uh, being the eater of worlds. He brought up, I am, I think he said, I I think he even said I'm the fiend at one point. Uh, He brought back the run when he was talking about uh, LA night. So it's kind of like this big buffet of Bray Wyatt. What was your thoughts on that promo when you saw it? Absolutely. That actually, that was an awesome moment for me. Hey, right before I I do talk about it, you might be too young to remember. But there was an old WCW. What? This is going back to this, this is going back to uh, uh, the Roman and Sammy thing. I just want to bring it up right before you switch switch gears. Uh-huh. There was an old WCW clip when Sting was part of the Four Horsemen. Y'all remember that? I know I where do, it is yeah. way. Yeah, I know where I it know. is. You way too young for that. You way too young mm-hmm. for that. But the thing was, at one point, I think Sting had got a championship contender match against Flair, and he was like, "What are you talking about? We the Horsemen, baby. It doesn't matter." Who's the champion? We're all the champion, right? And then they all turned on 
uh, Sting, like, no, 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 no. I'm the champion. You ain't nobody, right? I can see something like that happening maybe with Sammy, right? He, he wins. He's like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's in the bloodline. <laughs> it's all family. And like, nah, bro, it ain't all family. So it can go something like that if you were to win it. But I digress. Um, the Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, awesome promo. Mm-hmm. Awesome promo. Um, that was the best Bray Wyatt promo he's had, in my opinion, since... Really, I mean, you know, his very first promo was like that welcome back. I'm glad to be back promo. I would say that was uh I'm not gonna say that was his very his very first promo, but his first in character promo, I thought that was the best one that he did. I don't know where they're really? going with the character. Uh oh yeah. You like you like it better than one. his initial promo where he came out as just himself? That's what I'm, I'm saying I'm saying in character. I don't I'm gonna I think that one I am gonna take that as an out of character. Okay. Him just say, Hey, I'm back. Thank you. And kind of going. I think that was a real. I'm I'm Bray Wyatt. This is me. I think everything after that has been some type of character that he's been trying to portray on 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 uh, TV. And I think this is the best in character promo that he's cut since he's been back. It's the most interesting one for me as a fan. I'm very interested to see where all of this is going. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. This is that was a great promo for me. See, I'm gonna probably take the opposite approach on that. I was actually a little bit, well, let me start over. The run, oh my God, it gave me chills. So I can't lie and say that I wasn't interested and excited about that. But I also felt like, oh, I thought we kind of evolved from this character. So I was kind of a little bit set back from it. Like we've seen what, what this happened before. So I'm actually kind of on the opposite, still super excited, still got super, you know, goosebumps when you said it. But I'm kind of a little now, kind of maybe the roles has reversed between you and, e, you and me, Ishan, as far as, you know, the hypeness of, where this is going and it was because you felt like we were past him talking about those prior characters i think it was just more of this he was starting to sound like somebody we saw already and one thing i love about him is that he can evolve himself and create new characters but it almost sounded like he was now this was all a lead up for him to go back to an old character and that's kind of where i'm like ugh. Still excited when I heard Got it, you. but this kind of had me feeling away. Like, uh, I don't want to digress here. I thought, you know, I lean to you to give me these new out of the box kind of out of the world thinking and characters. We'll see. You know, I don't think I don't think he's going back at all to. I don't think he's reverting. I think this is all a master storytelling of where they're going going forward because we still got to figure out where Uncle Howdy plays in all of this. Right. Mm-hmm. So even on Monday, Uncle Howdy shows up again with Bianca and Alexa, which we are getting that match now at the Rumble. That's beneficial. But um, what is Uncle Howdy? Like he is. I know that, hey, they kind of went away from the brand split a little bit, but he is hopping from Raw and SmackDown like he like he's holding the belt. So that's going to be interesting to see. But I, I did like that. I Actually, I love that promo on Friday. I thought that was fantastic. That was really kind of everything that I thought was like major news from both raw and SmackDown. What else did you guys get from WWE that you really enjoyed this past week? Uh, Let me go on the SmackDown side. (laughs) I just wanted to make a mention about the kind of like that back um, behind the scenes um, video package with Liv saying that she was going to enter number one and Emma calling her out like that's kind of stupid you shouldn't enter as number one I thought that was actually a pretty cool part and that's when Raquel came in um and then ended up getting smacked and that we know that they had a match Mm -hmm. later on after that Mm -hmm. but 
But I thought that was funny because they're like, stupid, why like, why are you coming in as number one? Why are you proclaiming that? <laughs> number one doesn't win. That's stupid. So I thought that was just you, funny. You aren't, you aren't that, that girl. You aren't that girl. Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of that girl, God, I had a question for you guys. Like, that's the one thing that, yeah, like on these shows every year, somebody says, I'm going number one. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get it. Like, give me number 30 all day long. Um, right? <laughs> give me 20. Because you're a heel. That's why. You're a heel. The faces want to overcome um, all eyes. Or or, yeah. or they always say they want to throw 29 other people over the top rope. It's like, you're not going to throw 29 other people over the Unless top rope. Unless you're number like, one. Unless you're number one. No, even yeah. if you are number one, <laughs> you personally aren't throwing 29 <laughs> other people over the top rope. But it sounds good. But, you know, I, I was looking. There was a debate online I saw recently, and it was like uh, Ra- Raquel Rodriguez. Um, like she ain't got it. Like, right. They're, they're pushing her too hard and she, she doesn't have it. And they're kind of going back to live. And I think that's that, that vocal minority with live mm-hmm. because they got her to the championship, but they didn't support her when she was there. Right. So I, I don't get going back to the, the live train because you guys get her there, but you don't support her when she's there. But going back to Raquel, I think that she absolutely, uh, has a huge upside. I think Matt, that you recently mentioned that uh, you weren't in love with her gear, um, but what do you guys think about her uh, and her progress in on the main roster? So, I think she should be a face. I think that she should always be a face. When you look at her, she has an inviting, smiling personality. Like she just needs to be a face, and I think that's what they're trying to to work through and get her to that point. I don't think she's going to be a bad girl. I know she's she's tall, she's big, she's muscular, um, but she's she's just a face. I think she's in a good spot, space right now, or maybe not good. I think she's in the space where she needs to progress more, but I think they're doing that. I think they're trying to do it. With that back um, scene interview when she had said, I'm tired of y'all taking me for, you know, like I'm nothing. I think that kind of just started the whole, I'm, I'm still a good girl, but you're not going to walk all over me. So I think we're starting that development there, hopefully. Um, we know she's great. She was great in NXT. Hell, we just talked about the match she had with Ronda. was mm-hmm. one of Ronda's best matches on this run. So we know she has it. She just looks generic to me. Like, if so? we don't know, cause once again, we are privileged to have seen all of her work. Right? Mm-hmm. I remember she came in as the cowgirl, if you guys remember. Right? Mm-hmm. So we've seen her from that part to... NXT, where she was a face and she was a heel, she kind of ran that whole gamut to seeing her get called up uh, to the main roster. When we, when I look at her now, I'm just like, she just looks like a, I don't want to call her generic, but she looks like a plain, who is she? Like, she does the thing with her back, she shows her back muscles, got it. Besides that, though, I don't know who she is. So, I think that could be maybe what some people are, are seeing. But we know she can go in the ring. I haven't seen her in a bad match. Uh, hell, it's been a long time. That I can I, I can say like I was watching her. I was like, ooh, that's that's not the best. So we'll see. But I mean, w- what are your thoughts? Do you think looking at her, if you are a uh, fan that does not know any of her work in NXT, and you are just basing it strictly off of what she's done on Raw and SmackDown, has she shown enough to where? She's somebody that you can look at and say, hey, realistically, I can see this person winning the Royal Rumble. So um, true to Rhodesia's point, um, you know, about her being a baby face, she has a, a beautiful smile. 
she has a great smile, right? But that's about all she has as a baby face. Like she's, if you want to talk about vanilla baby face, that's that's kind of the, the character she's been portraying since she's been there, right? It hasn't been a lot of personality. She just comes out, she flashes that beautiful smile and shows us that awesome back. And that's pretty much it to her personality, right? So we talk about the NXT run, what's missing. Um, we were all fans of her on NXT. You know, she played the, the, the bad girl. She's the big mommy cool, right? Um, maybe she needs to be a heel. Maybe it's, it might be easier for her, maybe more natural for her. As far as her gear, I think it's, her gear is fine. I feel like, because, uh, you know, I, I'm not a woman, but I know what's huge for women now is to wear their, their pants, like, way up there. Um, so I feel like she might feel more comfortable wearing something where she doesn't have to worry about her, her pants falling down. I think she looks fine. I feel like it might just be a character thing with her. Maybe she might be better as a as a as a heel. Uh, I'm okay with her ring gear. Maybe she just spices up just a tad. Um, but I think that's probably it. It's just the the, the smiling vanilla baby face that might not be for her. But I think there's definitely huge potential with her because she has all the tools. What you think, Rodija? I think she should absolutely be a baby face. One thing I will say is she has to be by herself. I think we talked about this last week with somebody, or maybe with Warlow having him partner with somebody. No, she's too big of a bright, too, you know, too bright to be next to somebody else. I think if we get her on a run, a baby face run with just her by herself and not having to worry about a tag team partner, just her by herself, I think she's going to really blossom in that role. Because again, you sm she smiles and unless she goes to a straight MJF type heel, because that smile is like an evil smile, she's a baby face. When I look at her, I'm happy when I see her. And that's like authentic. So for me, she has to be by herself. Face or, face or heel, she has to be by herself. I do not want to see her tagging with people. We'll see. I think she may actually go heel. While you guys were talking, I was kind of just thinking, Charlotte's back. She's a face. There's word that came out that Naomi, Trinity, uh, is looking to be back in WWE. According to WWE officials, they feel like uh, she'll be back. They don't know when. I mean, hell, next Saturday is the perfect opportunity to bring her back. <laughs> I can't see her come back as a heel unless she goes to the bloodline, which I don't want because I think the bloodline, that story is starting to run its course. So I don't think we should be adding people to the bloodline at this point. So now you've added two faces. Granted, we don't know what they're doing with uh, Ronda, you know, right now and Shayna, but those are some top faces at this point. So if you keep her face, she's going to get lost. I can't think of, I mean, who's the major heel on SmackDown right now? Sonya Deville. Ronda. Oh, yeah. Sonya. Yeah, Still right? On. Like, mm. And she already so, said, she said but, she's not about you, to enter the Rumble for another opportunity. She said she's going to find a way to hey, get but you, <laughs> you know what, though? I'm thinking, so it's a lot of little girls. And I mean, not little girls. I mean, they're small women, right? Like, a lot mm -hmm. of them girls is like 5'1", 5'2", 5'3", right? Raquel is legit like six foot, six one. If she would have turned herself and be like the female version of Brock Lesnar, like she wasn't NXT, and what if she had a mouthpiece like Sonya Deville, like mm -hmm. riding shotgun with her? That might be a good pairing. That might be what to get her over the I top. I can see that. I can see that. But we Sonya's always out for herself. But Sonya's always out for herself. She's always going to want to try to get an opportunity. If she's not the GM making decisions and making matches and being a boss, she's going to always try to be the champion. The easiest way out. So I, I like that, but I think Sonya's too selfish for that. Hey, that's that's the future story. <laughs> hey, we, we still writing stories right now, right? <laughs> that's when it goes astray. That's what Big Mommy Cool turns back babyface because Loudmouth Sonya is getting too <laughs> obnoxious. 
Hey, pay me some money. WWE. There it is, man. You got that. We running out of the way through SummerSlam. SummerSlam 22. Hey, speaking of SummerSlam, word is it's going to be in Detroit. So our what? hometown. So you best believe we will be oh. at that show. Yeah, they're, they're talking about. Um, I got a place Ford. to stay, y'all. Yeah, they're talking about running Ford Field. So that should be pretty, pretty awesome. What else? Off of Raw and SmackDown. Hey, on SmackDown, same with that one. Um, So, you know, Matt, you and I, we're big fans of Zia Lee. Like, where does she go, man? Like, what what can we do to get our girl hot and running on, on, on these main shows? Man, like, you know what's funny? And now, color me a pessimist. Everything that I see that's wrong, I'm be like, man, Vince must have had something to do with that. <laughs> man, Vince must have had something to do with that. And we go back to December 19th, SmackDown. That was the show that we were at where Zia Lee was in her hoodie. And she interfered in the women's match. She super kicked. I forgot who it was. Um, like that story just stopped. And now, less than a month later, she's losing matches on SmackDown to Tegan Knox. No knock on Tegan, but once we talked about like, you know, hey, who are you? I don't who is Tegan Knox? And that, you know, that's why, like, man, I kind of wish that sometimes I'm I, I was ignorant to knowing a lot of these wrestlers' backgrounds and what they've done in NXT and things of that nature, because then you could take it for just face value. Hey, who is this person that they're presenting to me right now? To your point with Zia Lee, it's like they go hot and cold on her really quick. You know, one week she's got an incredible entrance where she gets the whole thing. Next week she's already in the ring. And you're just like, oh, uh, okay. She does look fantastic in those braids. So shout out to her in those braids. She looks great. But other than that, like, where she's going, couldn't tell you, man. Hey, you know what, though? Um, I was listening to Mark Henry talk about her. And there may be, I watched a lot of the the um, NXT. What was like those little drills they used to run? They used to kind of show. Uh, it was like the NXT, like. Oh, it was like, the combine. Uh, com- exactly, yeah, combine. right? Yep. And so I she remember seeing Z- Zaya, like, on the sidelines, cheering everybody on. Mm-hmm. Like, really kind of like, like that super energizer bunny. She kind of was like, she was really, really excited these people. Cheering them on, getting really in there, right? And so Mike, Mike, uh, Mike, Mike Henry, Mark Henry was saying that <laughs> like, he doesn't think that the company has unlocked her personality yet. No. So, and I don't know her, but I've seen her in that on those combines and some other things backstage. She seems to be like a real, like an energizer bunny, like to be like happy go lucky, a lot of spunk, a lot hey, of hey, no, but we maybe we, we, we just talked about though. Charlotte's a face. We can't. Everybody can't be faces. Everybody can't be smiling and, and spunky. So she's got to be. Zaya should be a bad. I think Zaya should be a bad girl. So she's got to figure but, it out. So, but see, her as a as a she's been doing the heel character for a while, and like I said, maybe maybe you see the thing about these characters. They gotta. There has to be a variation of their personalities, right? I think she's playing characters that aren't true to herself, and she's having difficulty playing them, right? So I think she plays that spunky character because we haven't seen that Mickey James. Happy to be their character in a long time, right? So if that's her personality, that might come more natural for her, and it might show more charisma on the screen. That's definitely what she's missing. Hmm. What is it? What you got on that? I'm just trying to. I'm trying not to think about her NXT career versus the main roster career. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to probably be taken the wrong way, but. It's some. It's really hard, I think, in American 
wrestling on TV to have someone who doesn't speak English as their primary language um, be a super superstar. And that's so unfair. But that, again, that's just how I feel. So I, she might always be kind of like a, a mid-carder. Um, so face or, or heel, I think that she's probably going to always be in that same area. Now, unless you pair her with somebody that, that could be a mouthpiece for her and protect that part of it, uh, I just feel kind of just she's going to probably always be in that mid-card range. I tell you what was great, though, that Charlotte pull-apart on SmackDown on Friday. That was a real nice piece of business right there. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And, of course, anytime she's dressed up and she keeps her Rolex on, while she's fighting, is always I always, always get a kick out of that. Good. I'm always like good. she's fighting with thousands upon thousands of dollars on her wrist, which yeah. is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys got anything else around WWE? Oh yeah, uh, it was one, one last question. thing. I... Yes. <clears throat> Go ahead, Rhodesia. This is a question because actually I don't know when it's been announced. If it's going to be at the Rumble, if it's Elimination Chamber, or whatever. But do we know? Have they announced when Bobby and um, Seth is going to have their match? Why would Bobby and Seth? Sorry. I can tell you didn't watch Monday Night Raw, ma'am. Sorry, sorry. I can tell <laughs> somebody was asleep after the NFL playoff game that you sure didn't was. watch it sure because you have no idea who's taking yeah. on Austin. Wait, sorry, Theory sorry, 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 sorry. Monday sorry, sorry. Austin. on Raw Austin. for the Austin, U.S. Austin. Championship. So it is on. So it's going to be a Raw thirty with Bobby. Even Eshan was like, even I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Or he could Point be looking like, away. yeah, you're right. When is that match? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you got to look at the Point recaps, is. Rhodesia. <laughs> Point is, I'm going based off of what I think I remember when I was half asleep. So, um, Bobby, oh, I know he won. Do you think he's going to win the title back? That's a good question. Uh, like right now, no. I guess, at Raw no, 30. No, I, okay. don't, I don't. I know. I then, because it doesn't make sense. So then, what was the point of Austin Theory having it for those two mm-hmm. or three weeks? You know, I mean, it could be a little bit longer than that, but, you know, like, that's a, that's a stopgap. Like, the story Austin Theory is telling right now is I'm going to have the U.S. championship, I'm winning the Rumble, and I'm going to have that belt, too. That's the story he's telling. Okay. Bobby's story is, hey, we just waiting for the Hurt Business to get back together. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't need the title for that. <laughs> hey, listen, keep almost off, almost off my TV, man. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't like that match on Monday? Keep him, keep him off, man. I, I'm Keep him off. Uh, and then also, let's say I got four for WWE. Ali got to be the biggest hit in that company. Man. <laughs> I mean, he is like the most unlikable dude. Like in all of wrestling right now for me. Every time he, every time he pops up on my screen, I'm, I roll my eyes. And not in a good way. I legit don't want to see this man. So he has something. He's the biggest hit in the company. <laughs> he, speaking of hills, too, Bronson Reed's squash match with Tozawa. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. That is how you do a squash match. That was brutal. It's, I mean, it reminded me of back in the day watching Superstars, where you got a new guy, and you got to see his moveset. And that one was was really, really good. So shout out to them for putting that match together and really showing kind of what he can do with a smaller person. But that that, that was great. Hey, another heel move is that the little-ass Jackie come out there with, man. I don't know why. That's, <laughs> <laughs> man, it's like five sizes too small when he got to like like, come on, come on, B, get a different, get a bigger jacket, brother. It's a little rough. It's definitely a little rough. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and talk about it. Um, we did have an unfortunate passing of one of my favorite Ring of Honor wrestlers, 
uh, in history, and that was Jay Briscoe. I'm sure you guys have all heard about it by now, but he did pass away on a Tuesday afternoon uh, driving his daughter either to or from cheerleading uh, class. And um, the word came out that uh, the vehicle that struck them was going the wrong way. Uh, that driver passed away as well. So uh, Jay and that driver, which unfortunately I don't have her name, but they were both pronounced dead on the scene. Uh, the one daughter of Jay looks to be okay. I know that the other daughter was in surgery on Wednesday and they were saying that hopefully she would be able to use her legs um, going forward. It's just an absolutely horrific situation. Of course, I was absolutely sick to my stomach on Tuesday when I saw that. So thoughts and prayers to the family, his little girls, his wife. I'll tell you one thing that was like, wow. And we all know, you know, really it's not about what happens to you. It's how you react to it. I, I watched a really quick two minute news clip from, um, it was a local station from where he was living and his mother was on there. And she said that we can't focus on who we lost. We can only focus on who's still here. And I was like, wow. You know, think about how strong she is. For her to have just lost her son, her granddaughter may not be able to walk again. And for her to say that just, you know, less than two days, it's pretty incredible. Um, But, of course, I do want to celebrate him as a performer. Uh, Absolutely thank him as a performer. I was trying to think if I had met him before. And I don't think I have, but if you've ever seen them in person, you feel like you know them. I think I had the pleasure of seeing him at least three times in person. I know Ishan, you and I had seen him at least once. Um, Brodija, you and I have seen him once just a couple months ago at an independent show uh, at Royal Wrestling, actually here in the Chicagoland area. And, um, he, when the Briscoes came in, wherever they were at, the energy shifted. It was, you know, we talk a lot about people, wrestlers who treat wrestling as if it's real, as if it's, as if it's a shoot. And him and his brother, that was what they did. Their promos, if you guys have are not familiar with them, just go online and check out some of their promos. And they've been doing the same style promos for 10 plus years. They are in their barn. <laughs> And they are giving it up uh, with the promos. And it is raw. It is rough. I remember a long, long, long time ago when Triple H actually wanted to get them for the NXT brand. This is when NXT kind of was first starting. It was like, we are NXT. You know, so they weren't running um, pay-per-views at the time. It was kind of just like it was on the network. And um, he wanted to sign the Briscoes. And they didn't. But to me, you know, when ironically – the first team I thought about when Tony Khan had signed Ring of Honor was the Briscoes. And I'm like, this is incredible because now, like, on a national stage, people will be able to see the Briscoes. We've talked about it numerous times since we started this podcast. That is my match of the year is them and FTR. Actually, probably top two matches One of the two, year. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. was them and, and FTR. They were just incredible. They 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 really were just what you would look at when you think about real and wrestling. So 
like I said, I, of course I wanted to, you know, shout that out, but uh, Ishan and Rudija, you know, maybe, maybe even for you, Ishan, do you remember the first time you saw uh, the Briscoes, even if it wasn't live and just the thought that you had when, when you watched them work? Uh, you know, the very first time I saw them, um, Sally was uh, when we were in TNA. And I was like, oh, these guys ain't going to make it. Um, <laughs> they just looked very generic. They were really skinny uh, to see where they uh, became, like, in the past, like, uh, maybe probably better part of a decade. Because they've been around for a long time. Um, you had to be one of the best tag teams that the world hasn't really didn't see. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a rough one for me, y'all. But yeah, but. RIP to those guys, um, and let's celebrate uh, life that's still there. Uh, you know, look, I'm hoping for a big uh, baby face run for uh, for Jay coming up soon. So, yeah. I wanted to do a like a pay a celebration homage to him, but I just couldn't find I think the right way to do it um, and to acknowledge him properly. What I will say to answer your question that you had just asked to Ishan my goodness like you said I felt like they were like my 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 brothers or my cousins you know just because (laughs) you felt like you knew them exactly what you said there when they came into the room at the show that we went to see them several months ago my goodness like when you I'm about to start talking like a weirdo now but when you say that there's just like a light of energy just walking to the room so that happens the moment he comes behind the curtain and then the, just the intensity with they wrestle, it's just like they leave it all out there every time, at least matches I've seen. I didn't follow um, them boys prior to, I guess, really the last couple of years. Um, but just the energy, you can tell, like, when it comes to wrestling, and that's one of the reasons why we're so finicky and so, you know, quick to turn on them. This is probably the only sport, and I'll call it a sport, where the, the athlete gives as much as just like the wrestler does and I don't mean like physically I just mean energy wise like we are so excited and when you look at them boys I felt like my fandom of my excitement is met with the energy that they put into every single match um you get what I'm saying am I yeah no even you know the other part that no the other part that their mom had said on the, the news interview was you know they had built them a wrestling ring in the barn and ever since they were young, they would go back there, they would video record themselves, and they would come in and they'll watch it. And then they would clean up. So they basically trained themselves to wrestle and they would clean up wow. what was wrong. She, she said, you know, you know, he would say, okay, let's not do this or let's do this a little bit differently. And she said they were fanatics. When they showed the barn, their action figures were still there in the barn <laughs> oh my that they God. had when they were kids. And it's just like, wow. wow. You know, and we, we know that, hey, the majority of wrestlers – that are in wrestling is because they got hooked on wrestling, just like we all did, you know, at some point of their life. So to kind of hear that, and then you kind of just hear all of the fantastic and incredible words of positivity from all the wrestlers. I haven't seen one negative, you know, which you probably wouldn't see a negative tweet from a wrestler, but people who I didn't even know had connections to the Briscoes just talking about how they, you know, when Jay came in the room, he just lit the room up you know, and how much of a family man that he was and, you know, family meant everything to him and everything. It was, I think it was KO. He, he, he shared a quick story where he said the first time he met them, I think they were in ROH 
And then KO said it was like one of his first matches in ROH. So it was like make or break for KO. He said he goes up to Jay and, uh, you know, in the locker room and he's like, you know, hey, uh, what do you want to do tonight? And he said Jay just looked at him, laughed and said, man, let's have some damn fun. Mm. And KO said they did. And he said that match put him on the map for Ring of Honor. So he really felt like, you know, he kind of, you know, owed his entire ROH run to, uh, you know, Jay. And it's just like, you hear stuff like that and you're just like, his legacy is going to far, of course, outlast. If, if he lived till he was 125 years old, mm-hmm. his legacy is going to last that long. We did hear that uh, there was a uh, tribute show that was taped after Dynamite this week. Mm-hmm. That's going to be airing on YouTube and on Honor Club. So that's great to see. Uh, that you know, and because uh, Tony Khan came out and said that this is not the only tribute show that they're going to have, so definitely need a round of applause for that. You know, so whatever and everybody can do to keep his legacy going, just you know, once again, thoughts and prayers. His brother's birthday was yesterday, that has to be horrendous for him. Um, so just thoughts and prayers, you know, positive vibes to all of them, but definitely wanted to celebrate him. Like I said, if you have not had the pleasure to see any of the promos please do so go check it out i can guarantee you would not be disappointed at all i, I watched a few of them again some of them i had seen uh, actually they cut one of my m- more favorite promos of the last couple of years when they were talking about uh one of the, the first match with ftr it was last year and i was like man this is inc- i think i watched it like two or three times i'm like this is just what we want from professional wrestling so thoughts and prayers again to them. I didn't want to cut you off, Radija, but you made the one comment. I kind of thought about his mom again, but uh, I'll give you the last word on this. I'm just saying that again, feel like he was our cousin. The energy matches, you know, what we give, they give back to us plus more. And every time I watched him wrestle, them wrestle, I just felt connected to them. So when, when that news came out, it broke my heart, just like all of us. And it just, once again, it just shows too that just our wrestling community, we're just, we're a special group of people, wrestlers and fans, um, because all of us was heartbroken, all of us. Uh, but I don't want to make it sad. I want to just celebrate his life. Um, I Two and a half, I'll say the three matches with FTR, you know, two of them was my favorite matches of the year. So thank you for giving me that. And that might be kind of, you know, superficial to say or narcissistic to say, but thank you for giving me that, you know, because it was, it was two of my favorite matches of the year. Um, but again, legacy, because I'm kind of lost for words right now. The legacy, you're right. I, I think that it's up to us to, we, it was always our argument, you know, who was the best tag team out there? And we always say like Usos, hmm. FTR, hmm. Um, Young Buck, and them boys. But again, them boys was the ones who haven't really had a, 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 a actual vehicle like a WWE or, you know, now like AEW to shine. Lord knows what they could have been, you know? So they have always been a top tag team um, group, in my opinion. It's so heartbroken and heartbreaking. Again, if his mother said, let's focus on what we still have here and send those prayers to that daughters, you know, heal. Oh, I didn't even know that she may have, issues with walking so I, I just heard that when you just told me there so that's a whole nother set of emotions there too but I just want to thank Jamin Pugh 
for giving us his all. Every time I've seen him wrestle, every time he does a promo and he puts a video out there on the internet, thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Uh, Ishan, so we did have Dynamite this Wednesday. Like I said, you know, we saw some of the guys with the armbands on representing for Jay. But overall, I thought the show was great. And it is no coincidence that this is now what their uh like fifth great show in a row. And it's because ROH is not on the show. They're not doing anything with the titles and storylines of Ring of oh, Honor. Gosh. So absolutely <laughs> Ring of Honor is what was part of the detriment besides Brawl Out to AEW. But uh this week on Dynamite, man, what did you see that you really got you excited? Uh, yeah, like you said, it was a really good show. Um, really good matches um, on, on the show. He said, um, uh, one- you know, really good. Uh, you know, <laughs> it was pretty good. You know, it was, uh, I enjoyed it, really. I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed the women. I, I enjoyed everything. I actually, I actually did enjoy the women. Actually. Uh, <laughs> very much. Uh, but one thing I, I, I wanted to get into, actually, uh, we got that Soraya Hill turn. Yeah, buddy. Yes, sir. And so people always find some that? way to complain, right? Like people were online complaining, oh, that was a hill turn out of nowhere. That didn't make sense. Well, actually, they had build, been built into it. So it makes sense if you actually just watch and just go on the ride. Like everything doesn't have to be just you got to have a hard stance opinion on every single thing that happens. I loved it. And I loved it because uh, you can see the Outsiders versus the Originals program starting. And I think it's a fantastic program because you're going to slot um Britt baker and you're going to slot uh who else is well of course Britt and jamie are faces right they, they get some of they've been getting some of the biggest reactions positive reactions for a long time now but who else on their side that was probably a heel that could be a face now from the AEW original side well to me all right, so if you got Soraya and Tony, they're healed now, right? Yep, they're they're healed so that now. That means that means that Britt and Jamie have to be positioned as faces. Have to be. Right? Because it's the it's the originals. They they mentioned them in the promo. This is the originals versus the the new girls or whatever they said. So they gotta be positioning them as as faces, which makes sense for, for Jamie because the crowd's been cheering her all along anyway. Um, which if you think about it from a story perspective, and I hope I'm not giving too much credit, like go ahead and position Brett and Jamie as baby faces, right? And then now then when we get the eventual Brett versus Jamie match, it could be Brett turning on Jamie, her going back to her natural heel role, and Jamie continuing to be that fiery baby face. So it's it's they're setting some some nice level layers of story, but at the same time, I really got irritated because I still think that Sharia should have been one of the biggest baby faces in that company. And to me, even though like the actual angle, if it was somebody else, it's just fine. Actually, it's pretty good. I just feel like they've turned her heel so quick when she should have been a, a huge baby face. And I still also feel like Sharia has become just another face in that division versus one of the faces in the division. So, Matt, you had asked about who else would be a heel that was homegrown. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know. Yeah, who now, that, that would now be a face. Who? Oh. 
Oh, okay. You said that would now be a face. Okay. Yeah, because more... you know, I said so. You know, with Britt and Jamie, they're now they're now faces, right? This is going to be the AEW originals versus the Outsiders. So we know part of the Outsiders, it's got to be um, Ruby, right? Ruby's got to be with Soraya and Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to assume. Who else would be with the originals? So you have those two already. We have to have in the same in the same click, or you mean just in as a, as yeah. an original? Oh okay. no, I'm saying just, yeah, because because th- this is going to be leading to, I think you know, I don't. I mean, maybe blood and guts, which I think would be wow off the charts, ridiculous. If we get to this in June and that's the match, we already know that Soraya is only working one match a month. So she's already had her match in January. So that leaves February, March, April, May. That leaves four more matches she has before we get to June. We could easily see that be the Blood and Guts match in June. And I think it would do fantastic business. I was just trying to think off the top of my head what other people right now who are originals as heels that would be faces in this storyline. But I think the storyline makes perfect sense. I think Soraya, when she comes in, she's screaming, this is my house. But it's not. You know, I talked about that a month ago on the podcast <laughs> and broke that down how like, no, you didn't build a brick in this house. You can't come in and say, this is your house and still be a face. Like, that's that's not a thing. You know, so, uh, and I also think, I'm still banging the drum that Mercedes will be in AEW before it's all said and done this year. I think she could be a part of this. And if you think about that, now you say, okay, well, if that is the case and that is the story, now we know why she didn't show up in just a couple weeks ago on Dynamite. Because when she does show up, I think, Ishan, you had talked about last week or two weeks ago, hey, she's at that level where it needs to be promoted. I still don't know if it should be promoted because I think that would be a huge shock if she shows up just to help Soraya, Tony Storm, Ruby Soho, and, and those girls. Uh, but, you know, anybody who was dogging AEW's women's division, you look at the matches they're putting on right now, you look at some of the stories they're starting to tell, still worried that um, we are getting – Jay to drop that title to Red Velvet. They were going back and forth on social media uh, earlier today. I'm just like, oh my goodness. No, 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 no. But if that's going to get the title off of her so she can start that upward trajectory, I guess. But I really just wanted somebody of a much bigger stature to to beat her for that uh, TNT championship. But overall, I thought that that segment was great. I thought the match was really good. Like I said, I'm, I'm just excited because this story, you can't miss. You really can't miss with this story because it's, it is based upon legit, factual, real feelings and stories of how the, the, you know, the, the company was started and who was there in the beginning and who just came in and all that. So I do think that it, it is a match made in heaven. But we'll see. Um, you know, a lot of hey, times... They, you know, to be honest with you, Matt, you know, when you mentioned this uh, uh, Mercedes, I feel like this is... I feel like you keep her far away from something like this. Because I said it before, like when you bring, she's a big star. She's probably one of the biggest stars. If she were to step on that show, she'll be one of the biggest stars on that show. From a worldwide appeal, mm-hmm. marketability standpoint, you don't bring her in to put her in a group with other girls. You don't bring her in when she has to share a spotlight with like six or seven other, other people. And then you also, if you're bringing her in uh, to be one of the, the outsiders, so now you're already turning that fan base against her. So I feel like that's instant poison for her. So I'm like, if they're doing this storyline, they they got to be pumping the brakes on bringing her in for a short period of time to this lays over. 
Uh, I don't. When I when I was when I was watching, I'm like, man, they gotta be pumping the brakes on her. They can't be foolish enough to bring her in, and then make the same mistake they made with Soraya by instantly turning her against the the, the fan base. They can't see, but you that. saying it's a mistake? I don't think it's a mistake. She she wouldn't have been the number one face in that company. She wouldn't have been the number one female, no matter what she would have done. Britt Baker is the number one female in that company. She is like we've seen that all last year. The way that Jamie has been moving. She's up there. So whatever, even if you would have just done the storyline you wanted of, hey, she's fighting back. This is the biggest match she's ever had. She still wouldn't be the number one female in AEW. So why not ride what you have? And that's why I think this is this is smart. We talk about it. I think you talked about it last week with MJF not going against the current. Jamie and Britt have been cheered 90 by 90% of the crowd for an entire year plus now. Okay, then lean into that. Have them go face. Because I think by switching them, you have completely revamped, just like we talked about with Charlotte came back in SmackDown, how now that division is so much better. By flipping those two, you've completely revamped the women's division. I just know that I Mercedes like, is going to be, Sasha Banks is going to be number 30 next Saturday. But go ahead. Continue. <laughs> I just think that like uh, Mercedes, you got treated like a CM Punk. Like it's it's not just about the core audience. It's about how can they can continue to grow that audience and bring some newer viewers. You think about like the business plan they currently have. They're not set up to 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 grow their audience organically through, you know, bring back the older like the older fans who don't watch wrestling anymore. They're not interested in AEW, right? Um, most of the, the young fans they're watching WWE because it's not a product for kids, right? So who are they gonna get? Right, so they got to get some of those WWE loyalists over, and who's gonna, and who's going to bring them over there? Is it going to be Britt Baker or Mercedes? Right, so you got to position her as a big deal to not only your core audience, but get some some extra eyes outside of that uh, outside of the company, just like CM Punk did. They did big ratings for a reason, right? But they were getting some people who were um, interested in seeing what he was what he was doing. You know, what he was, uh, why was he back? What was he going to do next? That's what he needed to do with Mercedes and, and, and company, in my opinion. Rhodesia, Ishan just gave me a great segue. Question for you. Talk about CM Punk. You saw the hangman conversation yesterday with Renee. Don't even want to call it an interview. Wonderful. It wasn't a promo. Wonderful. I loved it. Wonderful. Loved wonderful, everything wonderful. about it. Mm-hmm. Right? I loved how it was not a interview because she didn't have a microphone. This is John Moxie's wife. We know it's his wife. She didn't really don't want to be here, right? So no microphone. She had a standoffish, uh, leaning position to her. About her. Mm-hmm. Yep. The promo, the interview, the conversation segment was taped away from anything that looked like a official interview area. I, I thought they did fantastic with that. Kudos to whoever produced that. They killed it. But Ishan brought up CM Punk. What do you think about? what Hangman said at the end of that discussion where he talked about there are some uh, relationships he needs to mend. And I I don't want to get into uh, any details right now, but uh, there's some things I need to do. Wow. So that went way over my head. I remember hearing that. I thought he was still talking about Moxley. (laughs) Uh, One thing I will say really quickly is that what was so good about Renee, I'm assuming it's Renee. I don't know if anybody's writing her scripts. Um, but when she said, so after all of it, so are you okay? How you doing? Are you okay? 
like it was just so like a natural conversation um and that was just so awesome every time i see renee on the screen she just does so many wonderful things so i, I wanted to just make mention of that again but yeah i thought he was on my moxley <laughs> seeing punk not one time come across my head because i already told you seeing punk is not coming back to AEW. so i'll die on that cross until i'm proven wrong so then if he was not talking about cm punk who is he talking about he doesn't need to mend any fences with the elite remember the bucks tried to get him in the trios tournament he just said hey i appreciate it but i gotta ride with the guys who have my back all this time they're okay who else is he talking about if he's not talking about cm punk and why else would he say i don't want to get into the details right now hey, i ain't gonna lie to you i i didn't think it was cm punk either to be honest with you, man. <laughs> Punk's back, baby. He's back. Hey, and let me tell you something though. Right now, though, I wish my wife would be talking to the man of what my ass that gave him a concussion, <laughs> asking him if he's okay. Like you know what I'm saying? But like, no, he he also mm. asked, "Was Moxley okay?" He said, "How's he doing?" Remember? Yeah, he did. And she said, "Hey, so he's genuine. a fighter." Yeah, she said, he's "Right." What she said, she said, "I um, how, what did she say?" She said, "Oh, I just got a hype right here." It's been, I've been with him, what she said, how many years he's always been hurt or something like for the last 10 years he's been hurt or something like that. It's just such a pure, authentic, genuine conversation that we had, like the the ability to, to take a look and, and see. I, I just love that. That would have been my TFW moment of the week. But I, I wish he would be <laughs> asking the man that gave me a concussion how he's doing. God, what you mean? How he doing? E, so if that was you, what would you have done right there, man? What? what if he mean? was Renee? If 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 that was your wife, and she asked another man, "Hey, how's he doing?" What would you have said? What would you did? Hey, um, if I was born in the nineteen sixties, or are you talking about this era? Because you're trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> he said born in nineteen sixties. All right, we'll move on then. Um, <laughs> Brian Danielson is the man. Mm-hmm. You know, my goodness gracious, like. That match with Bandito, and the reason why I say he's the man, a Bandito is the truth too, and that's why I was so upset when he lost in that tournament for no reason, and now he's lost again. And yes, I know they can heat him up, but that's not the point. You look at that and say he is a special talent, and he's losing these matches, but he has to lose this match in this story. I get that, but they killed it. I thought that match was fantastic. Um, and the reason why I just said you know Brian Danielson is the man is because of that match had a completely different tone than last week did when he went against Takeshita. And that match was fantastic. And now we see that he's going to go against Brian Cage next week on Dynamite. And guess what? Spoiler alert. That's going to be so That's going to be fantastic, right? And completely different. Uh, so I, I thought it was great. Would you guys have that? Of course, we know Osprey and Omega right now is the match of the year, you know, 19 days, 20 days into the new year. But if we didn't hadn't had Osprey and Omega, would that match have been the match of the year so far to you guys? Considering we're only three weeks in, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yep. I uh, yeah, I like the match, but I obviously didn't like as much as y'all did. Just being just keeping honest. And who'd you think? Would you think was better than that then that you saw? Hey, I mean, I like I like the I like any of the trios matches just as much as I like that match, but probably more. Than that match, to be honest with you, um, I like the Bucks and Top Gun. Ooh, Probably Top a Gun more than Top that Light. match, to be honest with you. When I say Top Gun, he said Top Gun. <laughs> hey, it's, it's Tom Cruise was nowhere to be seen. Yeah, yeah, the movie. Tom Cruise was nowhere to be seen on Dynamite. 
the Georgia science is affecting my brain too. Come on, Denzel, get with it. So yes, top flight in the Bucks, they killed it, and I was so happy to see them actually get a win. I wouldn't have thought they were going to win at all in that match. No, and they no, did what was sports. right for business. So now where does top flight go for here? I mean, they got to have a pretty big push for them, right? Yes. Hey, I got a question for you because uh, I I, sh- I think I sent you an a, a article, Matt. Like, do you think that Top Gun is in a better position to seize this opportunity than Private Party was? Well, I think years Top ago? Gun is absolutely in a better position because Tom Cruise just <laughs> released the that's second like movie. It did like two billion dollars. Top know Flight saying? Security. Oh my so, gosh. like, shout out to Top Gun and Tom Cruise. I don't think they're doing a trilogy. So we probably can stop talking about Top Gun and just talk about Top Flight. But so, what was your question? <laughs> top Flight Security. You think they can seize the opportunity better than Private Party? Well, yeah, because I, I think they're ready. Like, like you know, you look at where Private Party was when they went against the Bucks, and that was one of the first ever dynamites, if I'm not mistaken. And they're if just not so, the they were first so young. Dynamite, right? Yeah, I mean, they were super young. So young. Um, These cats are young too, though. Yeah, That's but yeah. they're more seasoned. Yeah, yep. They're much more seasoned than what Private Party was. So, yeah, I think they're in a much better position. Now the question is just, what storyline do you get him into? Because I don't think you want to rush right into uh, Top Flight versus Scissor Boys because they're both faces. And, I, you know, and we kind of talked about that before. So I don't know if you want to oh, go right into that. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you want to go right into that. But no, I, I do think they're ready, and we just hey, knock on wood that they stay healthy. But I think they're yeah. in for what well, we know now. They're in for a massive twenty twenty three. I just hope there's a plan for them other than other than them getting the win, right? Because I don't want to hope this isn't something like with Warlow, to where we get them hot, and there's no well. I mean, I guess there's a plan, but it wasn't a great plan because mm-hmm. here we are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope there's a plan for those guys because they definitely have. To, I mean, I've been high on Dante for a long time. So I think he showed a lot of promise when his brother was down um, as a singles competitor. Yeah, um, I definitely want to see where he wanted, where he was going to go as a tag with his brother. Um, but I just hope there's a plan for them. And like I said, I don't. I hope maybe it shouldn't be against uh, Acclaim right now because Acclaim is too hot, right? And I don't think we need to do see another face versus face team match, especially when you got up and coming teams right now, like the top flight. You don't want them splitting that splitting the audience too much. So I hope there's a big plan for them. I'd agree. I'm really interested to see who they'll who they'll be going against. Uh what else from Dynamite this week that was worthy of a mention that you guys had? So this comes kind of two-sided. So I was happy because as a wrestling fan, I can only imagine how I would have felt if I was in the ring. But with the actor uh, Paul Hauser um, from Blackbird, he was in the ring and got knocked over the head with the guitar by Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, that was on Rampage, right? <laughs> it was a Rampage. It was on Rampage um, yeah. last Friday. So he Rampage last Friday. Um, and how he laid out. He laid out. Homeboy was passed out, out cold. Uh, and to me again just being a wrestling fan because he even said in the beginning I am a huge wrestling fan you know that that was just a really cool cute moment for me too he made a wrestling reference when he won his award last week so you know like he is legit yeah he is a legit wrestling fan he finished his uh 
speech with Get the Tables, <laughs> which was like super cool. Yeah. So, you know, boy, he was in heaven. Yeah. He was be able to get laid out by the guitar and lay there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So shout mm-hmm. out to him. And I think they stole his Golden Globe, right? I think, I think they oh, I kick off remember. with it. Maybe, maybe so. <laughs> too much Jeff Jarrett on, on that on this episode for me, y'all. That's why I said it's, it's two sides to hey. this because I know how you feel about Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> too much. I was out. Hey, when the match started and it just was just was Jay, I'm like, okay, cool. They, I won't have to see Jeff this week. <laughs> and then he come bringing his ass down to the ring with the damn guitar. That he's never played. Right <laughs> Shake my head. Shake my head. What else? Anything else from AEW? Uh, yeah, but it's going to be my moment of the week. Oh, oh hold on a second. Is that it? <laughs> Are we going to go right into it? No, just, just no, no. Oh, <laughs> okay. You got me excited. You got me super excited. Ishan, you got anything else for uh, AEW? Nope, that's it. All right, so real quick, before we get to the TFW moment of the week, it is NFL playoff time, and I thought it would be fun for Ishan to give us predictions on who's going to win these four games. Ishan does not watch football. If it was basketball, he'd be all over it, but he doesn't watch football. So I just want to hear, based off of uh, these teams' names, who Ishan wants to go with, and we'll check next week when we get closer and closer to the Super Bowl. Game one, Ishan. Hold on, before you go, I think you and I should also do some kind of like better wagering on it. Like okay. if at the end of What's all of idea? this. Oh, so if it's four games. Yeah, four games you, this, this weekend. Ah, I don't know. Maybe we got to figure something, you know, after the show. But I think me and you should have to like do something like like a shot on on air. Or no, how about this? I got I got I got faith in Ishan. Have hey, you watched? What team, uh, Hey, what team uh, Michael Vick play for? All right, as you guys ESPN. can see, <laughs> Fox. As a commentator, I got faith in I'm going to say Eshan's going to go two and two. I'm going to say just based off of names alone and what he's probably heard watching Sports Center, watching the basketball highlights, he's going to go two and two. What do you see, think? I'm he's a math. Go for? I'm a math girl, and those are fair odds, two and two. But I guess to make okay, this so fun, let's say he'll say? get. Um, I say he get one right. Wow, she thinks you are horrendous, sir. <laughs> Game one is the Jaguars versus the Chiefs. Who are you going with? I'm going. I'm going with Tony. Wow. Okay, oh. he's taking the Jags. Okay, so you're gonna drink next episode. <laughs> next. Game right number two, now. the Giants versus the Eagles. I'm going uh, Giants. Son of a bitch. Game three, <laughs> Bengals versus the Bills. I'm going to Bills. Okay. All right. Last game, Cowboys versus the 49ers. I got to go with Skip's team. Oh, I am absolutely drinking. Next yes, week, he's going we'll one and three. He may, he may, you. he may be going on four. I was trying to, man, I was trying to like have you back. You know what I mean? But I can't believe you start off by going to Jaguars. That's crazy talk. I, this is fun. We should do this more often. 
Hey, so look, one day we, we want to get Tony on the on the on the podcast, and I feel like <laughs> good one, good you one. talk you, about you could go back Tony to too this? much. Okay, yeah. yeah whoa, I, whoa, what? I want him to know I got yeah, yeah. I want to let him know that I got faith in him. Did you hear this? Yeah. So wow. you rather take his football team opposed to actually giving him some credit for doing something right in <laughs> AEW? Unlike like whatever, right. whatever. Hey, Rhodesia, yeah. you know what time it is. Hit that beautiful jingle. TFW moment of the week. That's the one right there. If you guys don't know, TFW moment of the week is a moment that we pick that is our favorite thing we saw for the week. We want to shout out. Could be a wrestling match. Could be a promo. Could be a sign in the crowd. Could be a backstage segment. Could be anything as long as it's wrestling related. Uh, it is on and popping for it. So my TFW moment of the week is the match that Ishan did not like and I thought was just art. And that was Bandito versus Brian Danielson uh, for everything I kind of said earlier a plus match in my opinion thought it was fantastic anything that you are looking for in a wrestling match somewhere in that match that match had it so I thought that match was excellent ready to throw it to you what is your TFW moment of the week mine was also a match mine was on rampage mine was kind of the opposite of art well I guess it was a form of art but the women's street fight that ended rampage Oh my goodness. I absolutely love that match. Um, this is like the second, probably second time that I've seen Anna Jay in a street fight that I really, really liked her showing. Uh, but to the point that match there, we had a lot of blood from Ruby. We had a nasty ass power bomb from Willow doing um, power bombing her. Kind of like, I felt like missed the table a little bit. Kind of messed up. No, she did not kind a little of. Bit. Yeah, she a little missed it. Yeah. Okay, well, she completely missed That was ass and back Brian. on the ground. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. In that order, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're stepping on your moment of the week. My bad. No, no, I like the engagement. Point is, I love that match. I, I thought it was amazing. It was exciting. It wasn't really technical wrestling at all, but it was just good. And then the, the, how they wrapped it with the tax at the end and um, how – we just knew that um, she was about to get, Ruby was about to get hurt. But in the end, um, she did her, I forgot what she called the move. Oh my God. The fin her finisher is like the destination unknown um, to Tay Mello. And my God, it was just so awesome. So bravo, a lot of blood. I'm not really always into super bloody matches, but I think they did it kind of tastefully if that's even a thing. Um, but that was mine. No, that's, that's, not, that's a not, a, not a thing. It's not a thing at all. It's not a thing like in the slightest. <laughs> not at all. Ishan, save us. What was your moment of the week? So it, this uh we had a this is a rough week for, for me as a fan. Um but one thing that I saw the clip again and, and it made me laugh. And so my moment was uh the bloodline versus judgment day. Well not versus the bloodline judgment day segment from uh Raw when uh Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso was talking to Dominic Convict Down and Convict Down was was talking his smack. Talking in smack and Jay, I, I can't do it like Jay did it when we started talking about who who's scared of who? You little manchismo vato. Like, you know, just this Jimmy just being Jimmy clowning Dominic. It was so funny. And the thing is, I love when these guys are having fun in the segment because you can see Finn it broke. You look at uh Damien, he broke like the, the down boy sitting there laughing at him, right? So Jimmy had the whole crowd, the whole arena, everybody in the ring popping. So 
I, I laughed when I saw it on Monday. I laughed again when I saw it the other day. I, for me, that was a great moment for me. I love me some comedy. And there you have it. Our three TFW moments of the week. Episode is over. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. If you have not yet, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss anything from the three of us. Hit that follow or that plus button you are looking at right now that you see so you don't miss any of our drops every single Friday. We are actually going to be doing a Royal Rumble reaction show next week right after the Rumble. I am sure I'll be drunk, so that should be for some great content. We were going to go uh, live for the most part as soon as the Rumble is over. That should be really, really cool. We will have, of course, our regular show for you guys dropping next week as well. Also, too, while you are making sure that you are followed on the podcast, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know how you're liking the podcast. We would love to hear from you guys. And then give us a follow on Twitter at That's FNW. We are very active over there. And then we do have YouTube where we are posting some clips. Subscribe there so you can see that at That's Freaking Wrestling. Once again, thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you next week.